It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. We're continuing our off-the-road interview series we started last year. Hear everyone we've had so far on our HBR mobile app or at our website, hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the Off the Road banner on the front page. Today it's guitarist and vocalist Nancy Wilson of the band Heart, who along with sister and lead vocalist Anne, broke barriers as a female-fronted rock act. Next week, on Friday the 22nd, Nancy will be honored at the 9th Annual She Rocks Awards, saluting women in the music industry. But due to the pandemic, it'll take place virtually, streaming online, complete with a virtual red carpet and Zoom VIP after party. And Nancy joins us now. Hey, Nancy. Aloha. Oh, aloha. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good. A gigantic aloha and mahalo. It's great to speak with you again. We really appreciate it. Oh, aloha and mahalo. Now, when was the last time we spoke? It was many years ago, once with you and Anne, and another time before that, just us. I do remember. (laughs) Um, I remember we had done the album called Jupiter's Darling. That's right. And you've singled out one of the songs that I sang that you really liked, which was I Need the Rain. Exactly. And I was hoping it was uh, you that I got to talk to again. So that's great. What a great memory from you. And then uh, in 2010. Red Velvet. Yeah. Red Velvet Car. That was it. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> and, I remember uh, now. Been a long time, but nice to, to have you back. And uh, where are you now? And is this where you've been since the start of the pandemic? Yes. Um, we've moved up to Northern California right before the shutdown. Me and my husband, Jeff, had gone on this coronavirus cruise, we called it, because there was one like Legends of Rock thing that we'd agreed to way before that I went and did with my players from Roadcase Royale, my other band. Right. You know, it was just moments before the shutdown. We came off of the boat in Miami. We, we went to LA for a couple of meetings, and then we flew back into Northern California like minutes before the shutdown was announced. And we're like, okay, we need to get tested immediately. <laughs> Thankfully, we tested negative. Right, and the cruise was in? The end of February. Okay. We got back to LA on the 3rd of March. By the time my birthday rolled around on the 16th, that was the day everything shut down. You're not the first one with a cruise story, but they do sound the most frightening. I do. Somebody got medevaced off the ship. You know, we had three shows, and the whole thing was about four days, five days long. And we stopped at the port, which was at the Cayman Island. And it was like, nobody gets to go off the boat. They said it was because of the wind, but I think <laughs> there was something else was happening. Wow. No one was wearing masks yet at that point either, huh? No, but people were like elbow bumping and fist bumping instead of handshaking already at that point. So it just became a huge deal right after that. And explain its effect putting together the new solo album, You and Me, you've got on the way. You've got a uh, cover of Springsteen's The Rising already out. Talk about how the pandemic factored into making the record. Yeah. You know, as soon as we were kind of locked into our new home, For the first time, really, I had a really great music space adjacent to the actual house. All my good guitars are there. I've got good amps there, really good microphones there. And so as as long as I was like sequestered with no idea that there would be a a tour anytime soon for a long time, I was like, you know, I'm going to take advantage of of being sequestered here like a lot of other musicians have been doing. Sure. People have asked me for a long time, when are you going to ever do a solo album, you know? And 
I guess that would be that now is the right time right. <laughs> because there's no other place to go or shows to do. So there's just a, a real blessing inside this larger curse. Did remote recording sort of begin to factor in due to uh, the crisis? Oh, yes. Um, none of us have been in the same room together for the whole time. Three of the songs are covers. The rest of them, the eight other songs, are originals. We've got some really cool guest stars on the album. A version of The Boxer by you know, the Paul Simon, yeah. Simon and Garfunkel song. Got Sammy Hagar guesting on that one with me. Wow. Taylor Hawkins gets on another song and Duff McKagan. Foo there's Fighters all, and Guns N' Roses guys she's talking about. That's right. And then Daughter, which is a Pearl Jam song. Yeah, yeah. It was originally meant for a film that's still yet to come out since everything stalled out. But it's called I Am All Girls, based on a true story about human trafficking in South Africa. I have an instrumental song on this album called For Edward, which is dedicated to Eddie, obviously, Eddie Van Halen. Sure. Because it's a story of, about I was the first one to ever give him an acoustic guitar. When we were touring with those guys in the 80s, he was like, I like how you play that acoustic. And I said, well, why don't you play more acoustic? And he goes, well, I don't have an acoustic. And I said, you don't have an acoustic? What? And so I went and got him one, you know, out of my stash, and I gave it to him. And early the next morning in the hotels, back when, you know, people would ring your room, he rang my room, and he played for me this beautiful piece of acoustic guitar instrumental music on the phone. I was so touched, and it was so beautiful. It was one of the prettiest things I'd ever heard. So I tried to return the favor by making a beautiful little tribute to him. What a double bill, heart opening for VH. Yeah, yeah. There were those days where you'd go down to the bar. The Van Halen brothers, they won the prize of just how to be totally raucous and totally out of control and drunk. And they'd just be like yelling and cavorting and... (laughs) all over the room and all over each other and like fisticuffs would bust out and then two seconds later they'd be like hugging, you know, I love you man, you know, just, <laughs> they were out of control. <laughs> they were the first ones to ever introduce us to the kamikaze, <laughs> the vodka with uh, lime or whatever. That's funny, great memories and uh, considering this She Rocks Award you're about to get, take us back to how you first got the spark or uh, sparks that started this lifelong musical journey. Oh, well, there was like a moment in 1963, I believe, when the Beatles played on the Ed Sullivan show, (laughs) black and white TV, and I was about eight. It was the lunar landing of pop culture. It was a flash mob. It was like the culture shifted on a dime because this new thing, which we sort of heard about before it happened. So there was all this anticipation and lots of press about it before they actually turned up on our television sets in our living room. Their cool hair was so different. They were like the new definition of hip before there was really hip. And they were sexy and cute and <laughs> they had their kind of uniforms and they were unified and and they sounded so good. So we immediately had to fixate on getting guitars, <laughs> learning how to play guitar. We'd already played like a lot of ukuleles and some piano in our family, but and singing a lot in the family, but we had to have a band. 
And we had to be like the Beatles. We didn't want to like marry the Beatles. We really wanted to be the Beatles. <laughs> so by the time they came to Seattle, where we lived, to the Seattle Center in 66, we had a band. We had uniforms, except with skirts, that matched the Beatles' uniforms. Wow. We had two of them. Our mom was a really good seamstress, so we had the Mandarin collar beige uh, jackets with the military buttons. And we also had the double-breasted, wide-collar, navy blue jackets with skirts. (laughs) And Beetle Boots, always Beetle Boots. So, you know, we were just the Beatles as as much as we could be the Beatles. (laughs) And then we were super fans for the entirety of the Beatles, including Paul McCartney's solo stuff and John's solo stuff and George's solo stuff and Ringo. Did you ever get a chance to tell them um, their impact on you? Well, I was in a few rooms with Paul McCartney along the way. And, you know, I got to meet him a couple of times. And I was such a fan. I was so unable to say a word, basically. (laughs) I was tongue-tied. You know, because it was like, these are, right here in this room are the molecules that comprise Paul McCartney. You know, that's Paul, absolutely Paul Evan McCartney. So I was just like, yeah, you know, nervously, just trying not to look like deer in the headlights. And he is just as gracious as you would imagine him to be. A sweet, accommodating, you know, nice person. Not snooty in any way whatsoever, just really great. It's Nancy Wilson of the band Heart, the latest guest in our Off the Road series, and tomorrow we'll conclude our conversation. Hear this and everyone we've spoken with so far on our app or at hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the Off the Road banner on the front page. I'm Dave Lawrence. <laughs>